Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. This is the place for senior school leaders to discover innovative ideas and actionable tips that are going to help to strengthen their school's income streams and secure its future. My name's Juliette Corbett and I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in independent schools. So thanks for joining me today and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode all about mastering the flexible feasibility study. So feasibility studies are really critical to the success of a fundraising campaign. They help to assess the school's internal and external readiness to be successful in that campaign. So they can sense check the target, the timescale, the case for support they really are an important stage in planning a major fundraising campaign. But, and there is a big but here, when I was a director of development and I've been director of development in three different organisations now, justifying the budget for a feasibility study was always really, really tough going. And I think given the cuts in budgets that we're seeing at the moment, given the COVID-19 pandemic and the general sense that we need to be really careful on what we're spending money on, I think that there is room to find a happy medium. And this is what I call the flexible feasibility study. So please don't get me wrong. Feasibility studies remain really critical to the success of a campaign. I'm not saying that you can get away without doing one, especially if you're going to launch a campaign with a set target and a set timescale. They are imperative. If you're going to go into um, a form of bursary fundraising, perhaps where there isn't necessarily a finishing point or a set target for the amount of money you need to raise, it's slightly different to a capital campaign where there's a clear time frame and target often. You may be able to get away with doing some fundraising conversations with people, making some asks and then assessing your the possibilities of fundraising in your community as you go along, that's fine. But if you're going to publicly declare a ambition in terms of target or a timeframe, then the feasibility study remains really important. But there are advantages and disadvantages to using a consultant for this. Now, you might think it's a bit strange. I'm a consultant. I work on feasibility studies. 
and I'm telling you there are pros and cons, that's because I want to be really honest and open with you. There are some things which you can do yourself. There are some development offices that have the capabilities internally to do part of the process themselves. There are other times where it's really important to have an external consultant working with you. So what I want to talk about this time is how you can master the flexible feasibility study and understand where you do need external help and the things that you can do yourself to manage that budget in terms of how much it's going to cost you going forwards. So a feasibility study has two key components. Firstly, it's assessing the internal readiness of the organisation And secondly, assessing the external readiness to succeed in the fundraising campaign. So I'd like to take each of these in turn and talk you through what are the key components, what a consultant would actually do um, in each of these stages, the internal and then external stages, and what it is that you could potentially be doing yourself. Okay, so let's dive into assessing internal readiness first of all. Basically, a consultant will come in and will talk to you about all sorts of different elements of your current fundraising operation and your plans going forwards. And by looking at documents, by talking to the team, by assessing um, your processes, they will be able to make an assessment of how ready you are to embark on a major campaign. So there's a couple of different things they'll be looking at. And some of what I'm going to say next may sound a bit like jargon to you. If you're not a fundraiser, some of this stuff won't necessarily make sense. That's fine. I'm going to skip over it quite quickly. Don't feel you need to understand everything I'm saying. So first of all, they're going to look at your campaign planning. They're going to look at whether or not you have a really robust case for support. So the story you're telling, the narrative you're building around why people should support your campaign, they'll be assessing how strong that is. They will look at your gift pyramid and the number of prospects that you have at each level of that gift pyramid in order to justify a target. They'll be looking at previous donation patterns. Yes, we can create a culture of philanthropy in our schools, but no, that is not going to happen overnight. So your future targets and ability to raise substantial amounts of money is somewhat a function of what has gone before. They'll be looking at your volunteer leadership and structure um, and how you're using volunteers, whether or not you need a campaign board or not. They'll also be looking at your processes. So we're looking at your moves management processes in order to manage a major gifts pipeline, your gift processing procedures, your thanking procedures, etc. They'll be looking at your policies. So your gift acceptance policy, your donor recognition policy, They'll be mostly focusing on your major gifts activity, but they will also want to know if your regular giving and legacy programs are part of the campaign, they'll need to be looking at those as well. And also making an assessment of the levels of parent and alumni engagement generally. They'll be looking at your staffing and office structure. So whether or not that structure serves a campaign well, whether you've got enough people in the team, whether you have expertise and capabilities in that team. And also the way that the development office coordinates with the rest of the school. So that internal communications and the role of the head and the chair of governors in the campaign. Is that clear? Is people happy to to play those roles in the campaign? And they'll be looking at the quality of your data and your database capabilities. So I'm sorry, that is a very, very quick checklist of all the different things that I look at when I'm doing a feasibility study. You need to have a sense of all of those things 
in comparison to benchmarking across the sector, in comparison to best practice. If those things are all in place, then you can start to make an assessment of whether or not the proposed campaign is going to be successful. So this is still internal readiness. We still need to look at whether or not you're going to be able to bring in the gifts that you need to reach a campaign target. But this is assessing whether you are internally ready to launch a major campaign. Now, if you've just listened to that list of items and you understood what I was talking about, it all makes perfect sense to you. This is something that you do on a day-to-day basis. You're really familiar with it. It's entirely possible that you will be able to assess your internal readiness yourself. You as a director of development may have the capabilities and the skills to make the changes that are required. If everything I've just talked about is your kind of language, you can probably do it yourself. If, however, you've just listened to that list and you've thought, okay, I've got some of this in hand, some of this I'm really happy we're doing really well but some of this didn't quite make sense. I need some external support in some of these areas. If that's the case, you're not necessarily going to need a full-blown external feasibility study. What you will need, however, is a flexible access to fundraising advice or potentially some fundraising coaching sessions so that you can get that external point of view to blend it with your own existing capabilities and knowledge in order to move forwards and make the changes that are needed to get you ready. And that's the kind of thing that I do a lot with clients. I have um, clients, school fundraisers who I work with where once a fortnight we spend an hour on a video call together and we go through a structured process looking at each area of their activity kind of along the lines of the list that I've given you and I can help them in the areas where then needs a little bit of help and there'll be other areas where they're really confident that they've got things covered. If, however, you listen to that list and it sounded like a whole load of jargon and it didn't mean anything to you and you're planning to launch a major fundraising campaign, if you don't have the expertise in-house to understand all of those things, you definitely need to get some professional fundraising support. That may come from a consultant, It may mean you need to hire a director of development with previous experience, but you need to be able to answer all of those questions that I've just given you. All of those areas need to be assessed. Are you ready to launch a major campaign? If that's the case, then you're probably the kind of school that will need a traditional feasibility study at some point. And there may be a prior stage to that where you bring in the staff who have the capabilities to run a campaign of that scale. So that's the internal readiness, the kinds of things a consultant will look at. And based on your reaction to that list, an assessment of what type of feasibility support you might need from an external consultant. And the key is, if you're going to master the flexible feasibility study, it's putting in place the support you need in the areas you need it without having to fork out the budget to cover all of the feasibility study in its standard format. So the second stage of the feasibility study is the external readiness. So this has to come second. It can't go hand in hand simultaneous to that first stage. It has to come second because once you've adjusted and crafted that narrative, that case for support, you need to test it and you just test some general perceptions of your school. 
with potential donors and key stakeholders in order to make an assessment of whether or not you have the support in your community to reach your targets. It'll also help you to identify challenges early on so that you can adapt your plans early on. So it's that kind of fail fast idea. If, if you take your plans to stakeholders and you don't get the response you want at this stage, that's a lot better than getting to a public launch and then realising you don't have the support you need. It also means that you can basically progress with confidence. So the idea of the external readiness is that it validates this target and the time frame and the case for support for your campaign so that you can progress with confidence going forwards. It also offers an excellent opportunity to start cultivating or to continue cultivating your major gift prospects. Because when you ask people for their advice and you take their feedback and you are able to act on it, people feel a much closer connection to the school. And that is essential if you're trying to forge those relationships, which are going to result in really significant donations. So what would a consultant do at this stage? So basically, for the external readiness assessment, the consultant will interview a whole host of major gift prospects. So people who are on your list as being possible donors, major donors to your your fundraising campaign, and also other key stakeholders, such as the people who are potentially going to be doing some peer-to-peer asking, who might be on your campaign board, they might be the head of the school, chair of governors and so on. The people who are going to head it up, lead up the campaign from the school's point of view. So this is all about gauging general perceptions of your school from those key stakeholders. You need to have some a good foundation to base any fundraising on in terms of the general perception that people have of your school. You need to get specific feedback from them on the campaign's case for support. So that narrative, why you think people should support this project. It can also generate ideas about other individuals or organisations where gifts might come from. And most importantly, it asks major gift prospects whether they would consider giving to the campaign and if so, at which level. So you can then combine the data you get from that with your gift pyramid that you've developed internally in order to sense check whether or not there is a good chance that you're going to be able to make your target. So how can you make this flexible? There are a lot of advantages to using a consultant in this situation. And it's largely due to the fact that when a consultant undertakes these conversations with major prospects, All of the information they get back is confidential and only shared with the school in an anonymised way. And that makes people feel more confident sharing their really honest feedback and a really realistic gift indication. That is the single biggest important outcome that you're going to get from the external element of the feasibility study. But if you don't have the budget, it is entirely possible to replicate these conversations and have them yourself with major gift prospects. You won't hear many consultants say that, but I'm really open and honest with you. I don't think this has to be done by an external consultant. If you have the ability to do this in-house, you don't have the budget. It is far better to have these conversations and to do it in-house Um, than to not do it at all and skip this stage entirely. 
So if that's the case and your budget is limited, you're going to go it alone, there is also a middle way you could consider. And that is to use a consultant to advise you, to coach you, if you like, on how to structure this process, what kind of questions to ask, how to approach potentially tricky prospects or people who you know you may want to be particularly careful with in terms of the way you forge that relationship going forwards, to have someone that you can confide in and get expert advice from as you go through this process yourself can be really invaluable. And again, that's something that I do with clients as well. So I can sit alongside director of development, having been one myself for many years, and share with them my expertise, my understanding of best practice, how I would go about something, help them craft an approach that works for them and their personality and their individual school, and then give them the support that they need going forward. Sometimes these conversations don't go to plan, and sometimes it's great to have someone to have a confidential conversation with after your call with a potential donor, just to unpack how it went and what you've learned from that process. So in conclusion, feasibility studies are critically important in preparing for a major fundraising campaign, but they do not have to be done by a consultant in the standard format. You can find consultancy support from myself or from others in order to enable you to master the flexible feasibility study. But what I will say is that any consultant you work with where they are communicating directly to major prospects they are representing your school. So you have to use someone who you know is going to really get to know the school well, and where you feel really confident that they're going to represent the school in the way that you wish it to be represented. So I urge you, next time you're thinking about feasibility studies, think really carefully about how you can create a strategic combination of your school's internal capabilities and external advice so that you can really master this flexible feasibility study idea. If you're interested in me helping you with a feasibility study of any type or fundraising advice and coaching behind the scenes, then do get in touch. All of my contact details are on the episode notes. So the episode notes for this episode you can find at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash 024. This is episode 24, so it's slash 024. I also run regular Q&A calls for school fundraisers. So do sign up to my newsletter. The link's on the episode notes so you can hear about the next one of those. If you've got questions that you'd like to ask around how you're planning to do a feasibility study, then do come along to one of those video calls. Brilliant. That's it for this week. I look forward to speaking to you again next time and have a great week. So that's it for today and thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast. If you want to make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes, you can sign up for my newsletter at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash sign up. There you can also explore the various ways that I help independent schools to strengthen their income streams and secure their future. Fantastic. See you next time then.